The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to The How of Business with David Begin and Henry Lopez, the podcast that offers practical advice and tips on how to run and grow your small business. The How of Business helps aspiring entrepreneurs and small business owners achieve their definition of success and overcome challenges that get in their way. This podcast series focuses on the everyday common business issues, challenges, and opportunities that face the small business owner. So here now are your hosts of The How of Business, David and Henry. Excellent. Well, welcome to another episode of The How of Business. It's just me today, Henry Lopez, and a special guest, Tom Nunez. Tom, how are you this morning? I'm good, Henry. Thanks for having me. Oh, our pleasure. Thanks for thanks for being with us. Let me just share with our audience uh, a bit about Tom. Uh, Tom has many years of experience in marketing and business development, and he's led various organizations, including his own multiple entrepreneurial ventures. And we'll chat about that today. Uh, he's a highly he is highly experienced, I should say, in the areas of marketing, communications, and business development. He's also tremendously skilled and knowledgeable at online. Uh, and offline B2B customer acquisition, content development, online and traditional media, digital marketing, marketing, and integrated marketing strategies. Among his many endeavors, he's also currently the president-elect of the Dallas-Fort Worth American Marketing Association. Uh, you might also know it as DFWAMA, and we'll chat about that. His corporate experiences include executive positions with organizations such as Detroit Medical Center, uh, the Beacon Group USA, Daymar Colleges Group, and Parker University. Tom graduated from Georgia State University with a bachelor's in business administration and marketing, and he currently resides in the DFW area with his family. So once again, welcome, Tom, and if you could share a bit more about your background, and, and we'll get started. Thanks, Henry. I appreciate it. Um, my journey actually started uh, having nothing to do with marketing. I was... Uh, uh, going to be a music teacher and came about a year away from Bachelor of Vocal Music Education degree um, more years ago than I uh, cared to uh, admit to. And um, after deciding that I just didn't have it in me to teach in the public schools, um, I became a working musician for some time. Um, and it's interesting that during that period of time, I uh, worked with a couple of organizations uh, uh, that really treated that as a business. And so my uh, business uh, training, um, along with uh, my college experience, um, really, I learned a lot of uh, meat and potatoes business uh, during that entire experience. Um, and I decided to move into uh, marketing and communications, as um, I felt that that was the most creative part of uh, business and also as such a big driver of business. It's uh, when done properly, it infiltrates all aspects of your business uh, and as it should. Um, and so I uh, worked in, um, in media for some time in radio, television, print, um, in sales, 
And um, after a while, I decided that I wanted to venture on my own. I uh, started a company in Atlanta, Georgia, where I was at the time with Turnkey Marketing. Um, and um, that was through an opportunity um, that presented itself um, for, with a for-profit university um, that was uh, very popular at the time, and they are still in business. They were acquired some years ago. Uh, but I got it before the acquisition and helped that uh, owner of that university to boost up their stock mm. price so that it was uh, right for the pickings for uh, acquisition, which uh, we did. Um, worked with a number of uh, higher education, K-12 through education, um, and IT uh, companies, a global IT company. Then I moved back to uh, Michigan and... Uh, and that's when I uh, started doing work with the uh, Detroit Medical Center as uh, vice president of marketing for their bariatric division, um, and got to learn a lot about the healthcare, uh, uh, the healthcare business, um, which is a fascinating segment. And um, uh, came to uh, Dallas to uh, uh, become uh, the vice president of marketing with uh, Parker University. And uh, since then, I have been on my own with a company called Chatterbox Marketing and focusing on education, nonprofits, healthcare, uh, and professional service firms such as uh, accounting firms, legal firms, etc. So uh, that's the Reader's Digest version, Henry. Excellent. That's, that's uh, fascinating. You and I have known each other now here for a few months, but I did not know about the musical background, and I found that fascinating. I want to come back to that, but just to give the, the listeners a little bit more background on how you and I met, we met at a workshop, I believe, a few months ago, and you and I kind of connected, and I think we connected because you asked me at that workshop a very insightful question about what type of businesses I look to, what guides me as far as what type of businesses I like to get into now. And I thought that was very insightful because it, it ties into, I think, a big component of how I think people should look at businesses. How does it relate to yourself and where you're at and where you want to go, which I think is perfect. And I think you said it very well. Your background in music, you had this creative ability and and enjoyed the creative process and then I've never heard it put that way that you found marketing and communication to be some of the more creative components of business. So I want you to talk a little bit more about that because I found that very interesting. Uh, but so that's how you and I met. And then we've been kind of uh, helping each other with ideas and uh, sharing tools. And for me as personally, I, that's been very helpful because one of the things I'm challenged with, I mostly work out of my home office. So I don't have as much contact as other entrepreneurs do with other professionals. And so that's been valuable for me. So that's, that's, uh, I appreciate that. So I, I want to come back to this issue of the create creativity and marketing and communication, because that fascinated me. I'm always fascinated by the creative process. So talk to me a little bit more about that. Why did, why did you think that was the most creative aspect of business? Well, I think, uh, you know, marketing and, and communications, uh, uh, as a as a uh, discipline has has morphed quite a bit over the years, um, and it has become much more data driven. It has become much more um, um, matrixed, um, and there's some positives and there's some negatives to that uh, because um, what we don't want to move away from is uh, the emotional connection with your customer. Uh, 
the, uh, the the messaging being spot on to who you're trying to target. And, you know, uh, besides all of the uh, valuable information that I learned along the way in marketing from uh, both my uh, degree as well as from uh, ongoing lifelong learning that I'm doing, um, what you learn along the way is that marketing is really virulent to any business if you really open your eyes to it. It's, it's, uh, and, and marketing folks in particular, uh, at least myself, think in a matrix way. So we're really the 50,000-foot view of everything. Uh, we work at the grassroots level, but we really have to start with a 50,000-foot view and being able to see everything because our job and our mission as marketers are to remove any obstacles um, that are uh, impeding progress from you as an entrepreneur reaching your customers and your customers reaching you and keeping that pipeline open. Um, and there's all kinds of obstacles that come, come along the way that sometimes have nothing to do with marketing and communications, often don't have anything to do with marketing and communications, but it can help uh, having that kind of view uh, of business uh, in getting rid of those obstacles. I've always, when I talk about the creative process, we've we've talked about it in previous episodes and, and some of the writing that I've shared on our website at levantebusinessgroup.com. The, the thing that I think is challenging for most people is the creative process, and therefore, as you say, as it applies to marketing, is one where, where it becomes personal. You know, we put something out there, and, and when we start a business, it's that way as well. We put something out there for the market to judge. And then it's it's very personal when the market says no we we don't we don't want that we won't buy that, and so I think that keeps people from from taking chances from taking risks whether it's in their marketing message or in their product that they put out there to the market, and I think that really ties into one of the core fears of what keeps people from taking the jump into being an entrepreneur is that fear of failure, but specifically failure in that someone the market says we don't like your stuff do you, do you do you relate to that? Do you understand what I'm trying to say there? Yeah. Um, you know, one of the course phrases I think anybody needs to take away from this broadcast is the phrase perception is reality. So um, if, you know, uh, some your perception might uh, might not match up with reality or vice versa. And, you know, what you want to move is what you want to do is move one towards the other. So um, the best way to do that is to uh, even though that you might think this is the greatest idea, since whatever, um, some testing of some form, even if anecdotal, uh, of the idea, uh, and maybe even phrasing it in the terms of, and this is like literally in the startup stage, uh, literally not even saying that it's your particular idea, but that you're thinking of executing it, but just casual conversation. Um, I had, I was thinking of something and I wondered if, uh, another phrase that I, I listen for or others should listen for is, you know, it would really be great if, and then how they finish that sentence presents itself as an opportunity, too. I've had clients that, uh, you know, are doing things and they're not listening to the customer uh, uh, enough to hear a pattern where their customers are telling them one particular thing over and over. You know, it'd be really great if you guys did this, that or the other. Excellent. Yeah, very good insight. So I want to take a step back, though, to when you first went off on your own and you've gone back and forth. And that's that's a common thing as well for a lot of people, because if the right opportunity comes along for you where you can learn or expand or help an organization, you might do that as well. But 
what was it that drove you to become your own boss uh, and be an entrepreneur? What, 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 what do you think drove that? Um, I, had, I met another entrepreneur um, while I was in sales and media. And he simply said to me, you know, buddy, you're on the wrong side of the checkbook. And I just, I kind of took that with me. I realized that phrase has really never left me um, because, and what he meant was, is that, you know, I'm going out and I'm selling particular product, uh, whether it be radio, television, advertising, whatever. But always what ends up happening is I'm telling them uh, a multitude of other things that they could be doing and I'm giving it away for free. So um, that resonated with me and said, you know, it's, maybe it's just time to uh, make that transition into my own. And uh, everyone listening knows how scary that decision is. Um, you know, and, and you know, Henry, that score has an excellent uh, course called uh, Do You Have What It Takes to Start Your Own Business, um, which I thought was uh, really relevant. So if anybody out there is thinking about jumping into it, might want to jump into that course first. I think that's going to be really great. You'll get off on the right foot. But um, you know, it's, it was just having some. I was having more control, and um, you know, being able to engage more directly with the client and have a greater, more importantly, have a greater impact on their outcomes and having a part of that. Mm, excellent, excellent. I'm just making a note here. Good stuff. On, on the wrong side of the checkbook. I love that. And then the control theme is resonates with me. Uh, very personally, as I have said many times, uh, that's what it was at large part for me is about control, control over my time, control over my destiny, uh, control over whom I worked with. All those things were critical to me, and that, that seems like it was part of it for you as well. So what what have been some of the keys to your business success? If you could identify you know, one or two key things, what would those be? I think number one is listening. Um, uh, you know, often the phrase is uh, coined that we have two ears and one mouth and that's what the ratio should be. But, you know, when you're, um, you know, when you're excited about talking, when you're excited about your business, you find yourself wanting to talk about you and your business and what you can do rather than asking questions and saying nothing about what you can do, uh, but rather listening to the answer, asking some uh, key questions that's going to get you some terrific information um, that then you can uh, use back on the customer uh, and talk to them about how what you do will solve some of their problems, issues, or uh, whatever it might be that they're doing. So um, that's part of it. Uh, but I think the big part of it is trust. And, and I'm going to sound this theme a lot during the broadcast, that trust is really everything. Um, and so people, uh, a real focus on people. At the end of the day, uh, there's a person behind that business card. There's a person behind that desk nameplate. And they're a human being who goes through, um, you know, rocky, ro rocky roads and, and tumbling waves like the rest of us. Being empathetic to that um, and communicating that in a very clear way that you understand that is a very big step forward towards gaining uh, uh, your client's trust or customer's trust. Wonderful. Do you think you were always a good listener or did you have to learn how to be a good listener? Um, I had to, I had to learn. I had to learn. I, 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 I admire people who um, um, are good listeners uh, from the beginning. Um, but I kind of wonder whether they really were or not. Um, <clears throat> if they do, it's tr truly a gift, but uh, you really learn 
you have to learn how to shut up. That's really the bottom line. You have to learn how to shut up and truly key in into what, uh, what they're going through, being empathic. Yeah, no, I, same for me. I had to learn it as well. In fact, one of the one of my learnings was a, a good sales manager that I worked for back in the 90s. He taught me this little trick of whenever someone asked me a question in a presentation to count to three in my head before I responded. And at first, that was like an eternity. I, was, I couldn't <laughs> imagine waiting that long. And I think that's part of it. We, we're nervous when there's you know dead air, or at least we think it's dead air. We have to fill it with something. Uh, but that little simple technique was one of many things over time that helped me become a better listener. And I think it's an ongoing process. Yeah, I, I, I would, you know, it, it doesn't matter where you are in the political spectrum. I would just ask anyone to watch any kind of um, forum or question and answer that involves uh, former President Bill Clinton, because um, you can he's one of the best listeners and and, and people in question and answer sessions because he is clearly listening to what's being asked of him or being said. He takes a pause. You can see that he does that three, one, two, three thing you were talking about, Henry. And then he ticks off first, second, third. Just, it's really genius at work happening there. Um, um, so, you know, that, that's, a, that's one of many people I would say are, are really good listeners um, out there. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Let me let me uh, switch paths here a little bit and ask you when it comes to business ideas, you know, you're I know you are like me because we've chatted about this where we have all kinds of ideas in our heads. How, how do you go through what I call the ideation process going from there's an idea, you know, you, you heard the answer to what would really be great if and, and how do you take that and evolve it into, OK, this has this is more than just an idea. This is something I think I could develop into a business. How do you go about that briefly? I think, uh, I think relevance is, uh, you know, is this going to be relevant um, to a large enough audience or group uh, that uh, uh, would want to utilize this service uh, or this product or whatever it might be? Um, you know, is it relevant and is there enough of them that uh, – is there enough people out there that it would be relevant to uh, to make it a worthwhile business venture? And the other is going back to the uh, um, to to the listening, which is uh, listening for opportunities. I just was speaking with someone from a nonprofit. Um, you know, the conversation went to uh, the needs that nonprofits have and how they're largely unmet, and that uh, you know the Center for Nonprofit Management here in Dallas um, pretty much is the only go-to for nonprofits for um, any kind of business advice, help, all those kinds of things. And, you know, after some questions that I asked her and her answers, I, I kind of have a formulation of a bit of an idea in my head that would, I, you know, that I think would meet what nonprofits are looking for. Bounced that off of her after I developed it a bit, and uh, she was enthusiastically endorsing it. So we're going to put it on the bucket list, Henry. Yeah, <laughs> I hear you. Excellent. Okay, very good. When you think back to when you started your first business in particular, what what stands out as some of the biggest surprises? And it could have been a good surprise or a bad surprise or a challenging surprise, but what stood out to you that's like, wow, I did not anticipate that? Well, I thought this is really a good idea, and I guess it's not. <laughs> that's one. Mm, okay. <laughs> 
The other is workload. Um, you know it's a lot of work. You know you're going to be doing everything, but you really don't have a, a, an idea of what everything entails um, and how much time uh, that can that can take from you. Um, and in the seminar that uh, you and I were in, Henry, uh, the thing that they the phrase that I believe that you coined was, you know, you need to move from working in your business to working on your business because working in your business can swallow you whole and uh, suddenly you fail because you're spending so much time on things that are not producing uh, the necessary dollars to pay the bills, etc. cetera. Uh, whereas, uh, you know, take a little bit of risk and, and, and outsource a lot of the stuff. So you're literally working on your business and others are working in your business on your behalf. Yeah, that's great stuff. And the workload point is a huge one. I think I have found that to be one of the biggest misconceptions is people think that, well, it'll be easier. I'm in control, so therefore I can dictate how many hours I work. Uh, and while that is true, what all of us find is that you end up working twice as much as you ever did. It's it's better work. It's more uh, rewarding work, and you're working to build something for yourself, so the motivation is different but it is a heck of a lot of work. And so the workload is a big, was a big surprise uh, to me early on and for a lot of people that I work with. That's, that's a big and a valid point there. So thanks for sharing that. Um, let's move into marketing, which is one of your areas of expertise, obviously, as we've talked about. For a small business owner who's listening, either getting started or, or is trying to grow their small business, small budgets, tight budgets, we're getting bombarded with all types of offers and opportunities to spend our money. Uh, what should be the focus from a marketing perspective for a small business owner? Uh, first of all, answer the get to the why. Why are you doing this? Uh, beyond, I have a great product and service and I want to sell it. Um, you know, why? Uh, why are you doing this? What's your motivation? Is your motivation beyond just the dollars? Are you finding that you're filling a need? Get really into that why you that you feel there's a need there and why you feel so passionately that that needs to be filled and that you can fill that need getting to the why which is a a, a youtube and a, a broadcast and a book but at, it, at the end of the day it's getting to the why why are you doing this that story is very important for you to lock down in your head um, crystal clear because once you have that down Everything you communicate, especially verbally to everyone else, will pour out of that, and it'll be a lot clearer, and people will emotionally engage with that much more than if you just come across as a commodity. Uh, targeting um, who that uh, product or service sh should really be sold to, um, uh, who it could really help, um, and then related to the why story is uh, your message. Um, What's the problem-solution message that uh, you're going to present to those targets? Get to those three things, and uh, you're a long way down the road to uh, avoiding some obstacles that you don't need to go through. Excellent. Yeah, so uh, you mentioned three things here. What's the problem-solution message? I'm making a note there. Great stuff. So why? Start with Why is one of my favorite books by Simon Sinek, and you can find it, a link to it on our website at levantebusinessgroup.com. You can also find there what we call uh, biz notes, and that's my highlights of certain books that I read, and there happens to be one on why because I'm so fascinated by that book. And as you mentioned, Tom, the, if nothing else, people should go watch 
the TED video that you can find on YouTube by Simon Sinek. That that alone, that's how I first came to find his uh, writings and his topic, and I think that's worth watching um, by itself. And then targeting, you mentioned that before, and what's the problem solution um, message. So those are the three things that people should work on first before they start spending any money, right? Right. Is that one of the big mistakes you see small businesses make as they start spending without any plan, without any focus, and they're just being reactive to what comes their way, the next promotion, the next salesperson that shows up? Is that one of the problems you see with small business owners? Yeah, the, the misperception about marketing communications pretty much generally out there today is that um, – uh, there's a belief that marketing communications is email marketing, social media, digital, all of this stuff. And this stuff are just simply vehicles. It is not marketing per se. Um, the stuff that is going to drive those vehicles, the gas that is going to drive those vehicles, are getting to the three things we previously talked about. You get to the why, you figure out your targets, what is your problem solution message. And then that's the gas that goes into the vehicles because that's the, what you pour into all your vehicles to create a consistent message, a consistent brand, which is a brand is what do they think of when they think of you. Um, that's the most important thing before you start spending money, do those three things that cost no money. And you can just start testing that um, simply by developing a, face, you know, developing a Facebook business page and bringing some people to that initially just to kind of test the waters. And this is what you talk about all the time about this integrated marketing strategies that that's what you mean by that is that this holistic approach to it as opposed to a little bit here and a disjointed piece there. Is that, is that right? Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's going to look like a mess. Um, and if it looks like a mess or sounds like a mess or comes across like a mess, disjointed, one thing says one thing here, another thing says something else here. Um, you've lost trust. So specifically, let's dive down into online and social media because that's such an area of uh, consternation, confusion, and people just don't know where to start. I find a lot of small business owners are simply paralyzed by what to do, where to spend the money, where to spend the effort. Sometimes that even as money, just the efforts that it takes to create content, to, to update the Facebook page, to post on Pinterest or whatever it might be. What's your advice at that very low, low tactical level? Where should a small business owner start online? Is it is it still related back to understanding your targeting and then let that drive it? Talk to me about that. Yeah, um, I, it, it is. Again, it comes back to those three um, um, seemingly simple uh, concepts of the why, the targets, and the problem solution message. Uh, once you've fashioned that, um, you know, uh, there's, there's two things that you need to do that are pretty darn low cost nowadays, which is uh, putting up a, a simple website, um, make it where there's a, a very large picture and not a lot of copy. Don't sell everything on your website. Just get them to and get a basic understanding of the value proposition and then make them make it so uh, interesting uh, that they'll want to find out more. And then a Facebook page, which can be tied to that website that can click through. And on the Facebook page, you can go a little bit more in depth. Um, it's a Facebook business page. It has a, Facebook now has a lot of bells and whistles. And, and in many service industries like restaurants, uh, uh, bars, uh, uh, the list goes on and on, dry cleaners, et cetera, 
That's all they have. They don't have a website. They have a Facebook page because the, the specials change every day, every week. Uh, um, you know, things that change a lot, you're really sometimes often better off with a Facebook business page than you are with a website. Start with a simple website. I think that's a given for everybody. You've got to have at least a simple website, and there's all types of tools out there to help you build those so you don't have to be technical and very affordably so. Uh, places like uh, Foursquare, uh, excuse me, Squarespace and Wix are a couple of examples. There are others out there. And, and then the Facebook page. Uh, more and more I'm feeling like right now anyway, Facebook is where it's at. That could change, but that, that seems to be, like you said, because of the tools and the marketing abilities available there now, that seems to be the platform of choice for most businesses, right? Yeah, and you can, and, you know, the nice thing about it is that Facebook still has the biggest set of eyes out there on the planet. And so all those eyes, uh, you know, starting with your own personal Facebook page, you can start driving your customers to your business page uh, or potential customers to your business page, whether it's, uh, you know, friends, family, you can drive folk relationships that you have on LinkedIn there. Uh, and start building your audience on that Facebook business page very easily costs you nothing. Excellent. Well, let me take another turn here now in the conversation. I want to go back to obviously something that's a very big part of what you're doing these days, which is the DFW American Marketing Association. So just tell me about them. What is their mission and purpose? What What is it that they're focused on? Well, DFW Marketing, American Marketing Association is focused on those who are uh, practitioners of marketing. Not so much uh, salespeople or business development folks, uh, but truly practitioners of marketing. Not to say that we don't have those in our membership and, and welcome them because they're the other side of the coin, as it were. Um, our mission and purpose, um, and especially in the next two years, is really a reinvention of what we mean and our importance is to our members and along with the vast amount of knowledge that is on the uh, AMA.org website, uh, which is the main website for the organization nationally, uh, it's a wealth of information having to do with marketing uh, and very current and the networking opportunities that we provide. Another layer is going to be built in over the next two years where we're segmenting the association to three segments, collegiate, next gen, which is 22 to 39, and professional, which is 40 plus, with specific programs and specific networking opportunities, and more importantly, specific information about how to manage every aspect of your career within those three segments as you move from one sentence to the next, so that really we, we really are lifetime career management and career advice for the marketing professional. And those, those are all good reasons why a, like you said, a practitioner of marketing, depending on what position you might be in, should really consider becoming a member of the DFWAMA. Yes, uh, yes. And that's, that's the way to get the best value out of it. Of course, there's a lot of free information you provide, like you said, just on the website at these events. But becoming a member really gives you access to even more of that. Is that right? That's very true, very true. Yeah. And so you are the acting president. Is that right? And so explain that president elect, I should say. President elect is um, vice president, meaning I'll be moving into the president's role in July. Um, and the current president, Becky Young, will be uh, moving into the immediate past president position. And in, unusual, in an unusual move for our organization or any organ of the chapters, I'm going to be serving a two-year term because we have so much transformation that I'm driving there at the association that uh, – uh, the board felt it was necessary and asked me to stay on for two years to help drive that and see it to its uh, completion and fruition. So just like I asked you what the mission is 
for uh, AMA, what's what's your personal mission and, and purpose going forward? Uh, it's twofold. Uh, the first is that I want to uh, I really want to focus on work that matters, and what I mean by that is that um, you know um, I want to help uh, organizations and individuals who are um, uh, really doing things that make an impact on. Uh, people, society, uh, segments of society, whatever. Um, so uh, along with education is the nonprofit field. And um, there is such a great need for uh, practitioners of marketing and those who can tie marketing um, and uh, what uh, nonprofits call fundraising and development versus business development, but basically the same activities. Uh, tie that together to really help them meet their mission. And the second for me, uh, outside of the nonprofit, is to help individuals um, and organizations really maximize their opportunity to succeed. So I'm definitely going to have to have you back on in the future because I know you've, you're not ready to talk about it, but you've got some exciting things in that area that you're working on. So I look forward in the future to having you back and chat about those details. Um, so thanks for sharing that. Here's another question for you. Uh, is there a book that you've read recently, whether it's business or whatever topic, that you would recommend to our small business owners who are listening? Well, I would recommend, I don't know that I would recommend buying, but I would recommend looking at the book called New Rules of Marketing and PR by David Scott. New Rules of Marketing and PR by David Scott. And the reason I want everyone to look at that book because, is because I think within the first 20 to 30 pages, you're going to throw up your hands and want to call me and have that do you do have me do that for you. <laughs> um, the other uh, is is a, a, a set of three books, all having to do with trust. One is called Trust Agents by Chris Brogan, uh, The Speed of Trust by Stephen Covey, who did Seven Habits, and The Trusted Advisor by David Meister, M-A-I-S-T-E-R. Those are three excellent books, all on the subject of how you become a trusted advisor, how you become a trust agent, um, how customers come to trust you in a very organic way, as in, which is the way it should be. So getting back to that theme of trust, you gain people's trust. Anyone out there who's going to be an entrepreneur or has been for some time, gain their trust, keep their trust, uh, fulfill that promise of trust, you're going to be very successful. So the last one by David Meister, I've read that one, but tell me the title again. The Trusted Advisor. The Trusted Advisor, yeah. That, that's a great one that I read early on in my sales career. So thanks for all of those. The New Rules of Marketing, Trust Agents, Speed of Trust, and The Trusted Advisor. All of those I will include in the show notes. So I'll have links to all of those in the show notes. And that's, as you said, this whole concept of trust is key it's key to sales and i think sales is part of everything that we do even in small business it's part of marketing how do you gain that audience whether you're speaking to them one-to-one -one or you're communicating to them through a flyer or some other collateral it's how do you gain that trust that's so critical is that what you're saying here yes and uh, marketing is not sales sales is not marketing marketing tees up a sale sales success yeah great way to put it exactly it's, it's what gets people to be interested, what gets them to call us or click or whatever it is that we want them to do, to take some action. And, and, then it, and then it becomes a sales process once we get to have a conversation with those folks. Yep, exactly. Well done. Excellent. 
Well, great. This has been, uh, I'm going to start to wrap it up. This has been incredibly valuable. I'm going to summarize some of the things that I took away. And then I'm sure when I listen to it, I'll take away even some more. But I appreciate you sharing all these things, beginning with those key concepts of listening, improving your listening skills and your people skills. We talked about that. We, we, we shared where we both had to get better at that. I'm still getting better at that and shared a couple of techniques there. But that's that's critical listening, which ties to that, making sure you understand who your target audience is and what they're listening for. Um, is it is it relevant enough to a large audience? That's how you think about a new idea, which is uh, very, very interesting. I think I look at it that way as well. Some people might look at it, can I make this or build this? But immediately, I think your marketing background and savvy takes you to, is there an audience out there? And then how do I prototype that, if you will, whether it's virtually prototyping or actually prototyping it? So that, that was an interesting concept. Biggest surprise was workload, you mentioned, and I think that's a huge takeaway. I think that's a surprise for a lot of first-time business owners. So that, that was very insightful. And then those, those three things that make up how you think about marketing strategy, in particular for a small business owner, the, the targeting of your audience, the thinking of the why, and we talked about Simon Sinek's book there as well, and, and what's the problem-solution message and thinking about that holistically, or as you've shared with me before, that integrated marketing approach as opposed to going uh, one direction and then another and hodgepodge and not having an overall vision or plan. So to me, that was extremely insightful. Uh, a couple of the great quotes that, that I jotted down again is being on the right, wrong side of the checkbook. I love that as, a, as one of the motivators for you to become an entrepreneur. And we talked about the control uh, you chatted about perception is reality and moving those two closer together. And again, as I mentioned, that question of what would really be great if, so listening, listening to prospective customers, listening to others as you're testing your ideas. Um, that, that theme of listening came through quite clear, Tom, that, that that's a, a common skill that, that people need to develop if they're not good at it. Would you agree? Yes. And, and yeah. You know, just be sure you don't spend money on vehicles. Don't spend money on the car before mm. you've got the gas to put into it, which is the critical concepts that we you just enumerated. Yeah, beautiful. So that what that means to me as a small business owner is, again, I can very easily just go on about my business and think marketing is something that can wait. I got to produce the widgets or I got to open the store. And then the next person who comes in to sell me an advertisement and some mailer, I take it because, hey, why not? And and they had a good sales pitch or the, you know, the fundraiser who comes in and asks me for money. And so I don't have a plan. And therefore, I'm going to react very disjointedly in my marketing efforts. And we have very tight budgets and very tight resources. And that's why you have to kind of set that plan initially, right? Yep. Marketing and research and development work closely together at Procter & Gamble to make sure they have the right product before it even hits the manufacturing line. That's why they're so successful. Yeah, that's great. Fantastic. So those are some of my key takeaways. Is there anything else you're thinking of parting advice and thought you might have for our listeners? Um, if you need help, give me a call. <laughs> yeah. And so where is the best place to find you, Tom? Um, you can find us at chatterboxmarketing.com um, or uh, feel free to reach me on uh, my cell, 248-860-4867. Happy to chat with you about uh, what uh, what I can do to perhaps help you. 
of course. And of course, for those of you who are in the marketing industry, you'll I'm sure you'll run into Tom at many DFW American Marketing Association events. Uh, we'll have all of Tom's contact information on our show notes as well at our uh, page on LevanteBusinessGroup.com. We'll stumble through that there. Uh, but let's wrap it up. Tom, thanks again uh, so much for taking your time and sharing with us your, your vast knowledge and experience. We appreciate it tremendously. Thanks for having me, Henry. It's been a real pleasure. It's been our pleasure as well. So as I said, you can find all these links, all these notes on the show notes page at LevanteBusinessGroup.com. We thank you for listening to another episode of the How of Business podcast. If you haven't already, we certainly invite you to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or wherever you might be listening to this episode. And we also would greatly appreciate your ratings and reviews. And we look forward to having you on the next episode of The How of Business. Thank you for listening to The How of Business with David Begin and Henry Lopez. We hope you found practical ideas to help you start, manage, and grow your business. If you enjoyed this podcast, leave a comment on iTunes and go by LevanteBusinessGroup.com and learn more about Levante's resources to help you with your small business. Until next time, thanks for listening and go live your dream. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.